It's Wednesday, April 26, 2017. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you this week by the Irish Rover Station House. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chesco. Chet, the NFL draft has finally arrived starting tomorrow. But we have one more night of coverage here at Philly Press Box Radio. We started out two weeks ago with Hall of Famer Ray Diddinger, followed that up with our draft guru, Fran Duffy, and tonight it's expert number three. But before we introduce them, we want to tell our listeners that our phone lines will be open tonight after 7 p.m. for you to give us a call and tell us who you want the Eagles to pick at number 14. That number is 929-477-2855. You know it, Bill. We want to hear from you. There was a lot of excitement back in 1999, year one of the Andy Reid era, when the Eagles ultimately selected Donovan McNabb. There was some major buzz in 2015 with all the speculation that Chip Kelly and the Bird might trade up to get that Marcus Mariota. Now there's a whole lot of excitement this year amid the uncertainty about pick number 14 and, of course, the fact that the draft is in Philadelphia. It's going to be a crazy three days, and we're happy to welcome back this guy to the program, a guy who's covered the Eagles since, I think, 1985 and now an eight-time visitor to Philly Press Box Radio, the one, the only, Mark Eckel. Hey, Mark. Hey, Chad, how you doing? Hey, you Mark. Doing all right? It's kind of your swan song, isn't it, Mark? Yes, it, well, yeah, I guess. I hope. <laughs> As of now, I, yeah, this, is, this is like I got 32 drafts, I guess, it's been. So. Yep. I, you know what? It's funny. Let's get um, to it. I did a thing with um, Elliot Shore Parks, who works with me at NJ.com. Yep. Um, we did our last podcast a couple weeks ago, and one of the questions they asked me at the end was, you know, so like I, I, I'm paraphrasing the question. It's basically, like, what am I going to miss or whatever? And I, I, people keep a lot of people keep asking me if I'm going to miss covering games. No, I'm not. If I, if, if I was going to miss that, I I wouldn't have stopped. I would have kept. You know, I'm no. I'm going to miss. You know what I'm going to miss? I I love the draft. I really do. I've always, even before I covered it, I used to like watching the draft. <laughs> I just I I love the intrigue. I I love the the unknown about it. Like 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 you said, there a couple years ago, the whole Mariota thing. That was. That was fun to me. I, I enjoyed, like, the whole, are they going to do it or not? And, and like, and tomorrow night's going to be fun because I have no idea what they're going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure they do at this point. I mean, I know they know who, who they want, but is who they want going to be there at 14? Who knows? Well, Mark, let, let's talk uh, a little bit about the draft. Before we get to the okay. Eagles and all that, has there ever been this many questions about players' character in terms of failed drug tests, assault, sexual assault, and so what's the deal, man? It's 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 sad. That's that's the the black eye of the draft. Is that yeah? This, I mean, every year there's some. It seems like this year there are more than more than normal. And there's also medical. There's more medical issues. And that's yeah. something that you know that's not that's of no fault of, of anybody's guys getting hurt. But there's there's a lot of pretty good players that hmm. I wonder. You know, are you going to? I mean, let, let's start with Sidney Jones. The cornerback from Washington, who very easily, who, who may have been, I'm sure he was very high on on the Eagles' board. Uh, towards Achilles, I don't know where he's going to go now. I mean, 
you certainly can't take him in the first round because he's probably going to miss. I know his agent and they're putting stuff out now. He may be ready by this day, that day. I don't know. Torn Achilles is a very bad injury, especially for for a cornerback. Um, so there, you know, let's start with that. But there's other guys, and like you said, now with the with the off the field stuff, the the latest being Gary and Conley, who and, and let's you know let's 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 put this out there right now. We don't know what happened. We don't know, and he's denying it up right. and down. Um, you know, if if he the problem is the drafts tomorrow night, and even and this is and this is a really sad thing here to me is if he actually didn't if if he did nothing wrong at all, and this girl made the whole thing up, and I don't know if that's true or not, but if that's the case, mm-hmm. that, that that girl should go to jail. She should go to jail, and oh, I agree. She may ruin this guy. She could have if he did nothing. If, if, if seriously, if, if if the whole thing was made up. This guy's going to lose a lot, not just money, but, you know, his his, his whole character. I mean, like, people are, mm-hmm. you know, questioning him now. And even if he is found, in, you know, if, if, if charges aren't even brought, that's always going to be associated with his name. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, just, it's terrible. Now, if he, now if, if, if he didn't make it up and he did, then he's going to go to jail and he belongs in jail. Yep. Hey, before we talk about the Eagles, Mark, I know you've done a mock draft or two. Who are the first three picks in the draft this year to Cleveland, San Fran, and Chicago, respectively? Well, you know, any other year, I'd, I'd say this with a lot of, you know, confidence. I don't – Miles Garrett's going to go one, I think. I mean, that, that seems to be the the popular con- consensus, and it seems like the Browns are going to take him. Although, you know, now there is talk the Browns may take Trubisky, the quarterback from, from North Carolina. I – I don't know. I don't. I don't think they are. I still think it's going to be Miles Garrett. San Fran. I know this for a fact. San Fran is trying like crazy to move out of out of that that number two spot. Um, they like two players. I'm told they like John Ross, the wide receiver from Washington, and they like Reuben Foster, the linebacker from Alabama. They could get both of those guys a little bit later. So yep. they don't want to stay at two. They want to move down. The, the Niners are a team that's in, in full re, rebuild mode. Um, the more picks they get, the better. So, you know, if, if they can get an extra two, an extra two and something else to move back into that eight, nine spot, um, I think that's what they're going to do. And I think the team make if the, if the Browns take Garrett, actually, even if they don't, if they don't take Garrett, the teams might come up to take Garrett. But if the Browns take Garrett, I think uh, look for maybe like the Buffalo Bills to maybe move, move up and take the quarterback. Uh, they're at number ten right now. Um, look for maybe Carolina to come up from number eight to number two and take Leonard Fort Fournette, the running back from from LSU. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I I think some I don't I don't think San Francisco is going to have that number two pick by them by tomorrow night. And then number three is who? Uh, that's the Bears. I think John yep. Allen, the defensive lineman from Alabama, is a perfect fit for for John Fox. And his and, and and his defense, and I know a lot of people are putting uh, Jamal Adams, the safety from from LSU, there. Um, some people are putting Marcus Lattimore, the corner from Ohio State, there. All good, all good players, and and you know the Bears, the Bears could use a lot. Obviously, that's why they're picking number three. But um, I still think John, John Allen is the, is the perfect fit for the for the Bears. Hey, Mark, you, you mentioned uh, Ruben Foster. Um, 
you know, you're you're around these clubs, obviously, uh, on the a little more on the inside, obviously, than the rest of us. Uh, how how much will they play a failed drug test into this? I mean, does it drop him way off the radar, or is he still somebody that the Eagles might could get at 14? I I don't think he's going to be here. I don't I think I don't think he drops that far. Uh, it was a he and Jabril Peppers both had quote unquote failed drug tests, but they didn't they didn't test positive for any substance. They their their urine test was di- diluted, meaning they both drank a lot of water prior to it. And the the skepticism is yes, they drank a lot of water, so it would be diluted. So whatever they did wouldn't show up on the test. They both, of course, say, no, they drank a lot of water to stay hydrated during the combine. Uh, you know, so, again, I, do you believe? Who do you believe? I don't know. Um, I don't – from the people I talk to, for, you know, Foster's pretty good. I mean, he's a really good yeah. linebacker. Um, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I, if he's there at 14, I take him. I mean, you have to tell me who else is there, but I, I would, I would be hard pressed to let him go past fourteen. And I don't think he's going to get past. You know, there's, there's a lot of teams above the Eagles: the Bengals at nine, the Saints at uh, eleven, um, there's Arizona maybe, maybe even at, at at thirteen. I, he, I, I think he's too good um, to have a. I mean, hey, Warren Sapp didn't pass a drug test back in '95 and. And he fell, and I don't know. I think he's in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everyone says this is a really deep cornerback draft, Mark. So for the Eagles, let's say, would it make sense to go a different route in round one and then take the best available cornerback in the second round? You could, but take the best player. That's what I – I mean, just take the – if the best player is a corner, take them. And this deep corner draft isn't as deep as it was a month or so ago. Like I, like, like I said earlier – Sidney Jones, yeah. probably the number two or three corner towards Achilles. He's fallen off the off, off the radar. Gary and Conley, probably the third corner as of Monday, now now faces a, a charge of sexual assault that if he's found guilty, he goes to jail. I mean, do you take him now? I don't know. I, I, even if you believe him, even if you believe he's innocent, can you take him knowing that just because you believe him, maybe a, a judge and a jury doesn't believe him, and he goes, "You can't. Your first round pick can't go to jail. You, you, you can't have that, right?" <laughs> so I, I mean, seriously, I, I'm, until a law enforcement official st- comes out and says there is nothing to this, there is no charges being filed, you know, and that's not going to happen by tomorrow night, I don't think. And, and that's and that's it's a it's a it's a shame that it, it all this came out when it did. So take Sidney Jones out, take Gary and Conley out. All of a sudden, the cornerback, and then oh, here's here's another guy, Jalen Tease Tabor, from Florida was was considered a, a, a you know first round pick, top twenty pick, and he ran so poorly both at the combine and at his pro day that he's no longer considered a, a top cornerback. So the the quote unquote deep cornerback draft isn't as deep as everybody thought it was. So if there's a corner the Eagles like at fourteen, take him. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, Mark. My, Again, my other favorite, there, you know, my, my other favorite player in this draft. On, well, the one my favorite on the offensive side of the ball is that Christian McCaffrey, and yep. I, I really like him. 
but but the comment I wanted to make to you, and Shannon Sharp said this on, on national TV on his show, which I really thought was interesting. He said if Christian McCaffrey was black, we wouldn't be having these versatility discussions, and he would be the top five pick. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are that the first draft I, I ever covered, the Eagles took a black quarterback named Bramble Cunningham, and that was considered, wow, they're taking a black quarterback. So maybe my last draft, the Eagles will take a white running back, and I'll say, wow, look at that, <laughs> a white running back. I'll, maybe I'll come full full circle. I don't know. I love McCaffrey. I think he's he's not my favorite player in the draft, but he's up there. I, again, if he's there at 14, it's funny. You, you, you brought the, the two guys I, I think, that I like them, and it's fifty-fifty if either one of them there are Reuben Foster and Christian McCaffrey. If they're both there, the Eagles can't go wrong. I don't think. I mean, maybe flip a coin, heads, heads, tails, heads is offense, tails is defense, or something. I don't know. But they're they're my two favorites, and I and I know the Eagles like both of them as well. I, that I do know. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I I think McCaffrey. I mean, I, I hear a lot of you know, I heard somebody say, no, he 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 doesn't run between the tackles. Did you watch him play against? I mean, and, and percent he, he yes he yeah, yes he does. I mean, can he do it in the pros? I don't know, but I can say that about anybody. I mean, he right. did it in college. I mean, that's all we could base anything off of what they did in college. Um, then I hear people say, "Well, I don't know. He's probably only a fifteen to twenty um, touch a game guy." That's all anybody. That's is. your buddy Ray Dinger. Your buddy Ray Dinger told I, us listen, that. Listen, I've heard him say that, and I like Ray, I, I, and I respect Ray, but. So someone's got to tell Ray it's 2017, not 1985. I mean, it's they don't do that. Guys, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, guys don't carry 30 times. Ezekiel Elliott, last year's NFL leading rusher, the best back in the league last year, right? Great player, great pick. You know, say I can go on and on about how how great I think he is. He averaged 22 touches a game last year. 22. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling me that McCaffrey yeah. can only get 15 to 20. Well, that's pretty good because the best in the game only got 22. So, I'm I mean, with you. Yeah. yeah. 15 to 20 is fine. Well, Mark, closer to 20. But, if the uh, Eagles do decide to go offense, and there's another running back that may be a great fit for them, but he's another guy uh-huh. with some baggage, and that's Dalvin Cook of Florida State, oh, the Seminoles' all time leading rusher. No, we're going to get to him I, later. A, okay. Um, what I, do you think I'm of not, Cook? I don't hate that. I'm not. No. Off, on the, let's just talk on the field first. He's a guy that I'm not sure is, be, is between the tackle now, if, if that's what you're looking for. I like McCaffrey better than Cook. I don't. I, not, in my mind, it's not even close. If McCaffrey's gone, I don't know. I, I, I think you can move down a little bit and still get Cook, if, if that's what you really like. Um, he fumbles a little too much for me, to be honest with you. I think he had eight last year at Florida State. That's a lot in college. I mean, that you is, play yeah. more games in the NFL. You get hit a little harder in in the NFL. Ball security is a very, to me, is a very important, um, you know, category. And Christian McCaffrey in his career at Stanford fumbled three times. Cook had, I think, I believe eight last year. Uh, I don't know what he had throughout the, the previous years, but um, again, I, I wouldn't kill him for taking for taking Dalvin Cook, but I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say great pick either. Um, and then he has some off the field stuff. I've had guys, oh yeah, you know, first tell guys tell, tell me, and I'm, I don't want to give away the next guy that you're going to talk about, but that Cook has worse things than. Go ahead, tell me the, tell me the other guy. <laughs> yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to it. 
Your colleague, Elliot Shore Parks, wrote that the Eagles just might consider taking that Joe Mixon if he's there in the second round. Could you see them grabbing Mixon knowing how controversial that would be with a big chunk of the fan base? Yeah, I think they, I think they can. Um, he's really good. I mean, again, let's talk on the field. I have him. I would put him right with McCaffrey in terms of on the field talent. I, I think Leonard Fournette is still the best back in this draft. Um, and, and I have McCaffrey second and Mixon, but I mean he's really good. <laughs> now we all know we all seen him. We all we've all watched the video of what he did mm-hmm. as a young kid and with the you know um, what we're not privy to that the teams are is like. Every team that that's had any interest in him at at all, and that includes the Eagles, have met with him and, and got a chance to talk to him and you know scrutinize him very closely. How, I don't know how he handled that. I was you know I'm not like I said we're not privy to that. If I was able if I if I was involved, I would certainly want to talk to Joe Mixon, and I'd want to and that's where good personnel people separate themselves from you know average personnel people and that. They sit and they talk to a guy and they listen and they watch and they come away saying, you know what, this kid's not a bad kid. He really he screwed up, you know, terribly, whatever many years ago, three four years ago. We think he's okay and we're going to take him. Or they listen to him and say, this kid's a jerk. He doesn't, you know, he hasn't. That's that's going to happen again, and I don't want any part of him. So, depending on how you feel, but as a player, he's. He's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mark, you uh, the Eagles. You know the Eagles have loaded up pretty much in the offseason, tried to go on that offensive side of the ball. Do you think that leads them to want to go more defense with this first pick, or you still think, you know, if McCaffrey's there, one of those guys is there, they'll they'll go offense? Or do you think trying to give Carson Wentz weapons, or time to go defense? Well. I thought defense all along. I really did. And then, but the more I looked at McCaffrey, the more I watched McCaffrey, the more I read about McCaffrey, he'd be hard for me. To, if he's there 14, he'd be real hard for, for me to pass. But I, so I, so basically, if you ask me, I think it's McCaffrey or the highest ranked defensive guy on the board. I, that, 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 in my mind, I could be, I mean, I, I, I know other people like Cook and they think maybe it's McCaffrey or Cook or D. I don't, I, I don't think. Cook would be. I don't think they would take Cook over a real good defensive player. But uh, again, it, it depends what happens those first thirteen. If, if if ten of the first thirteen are all defense, I don't think you. I don't think you reach for. That's how you get in trouble. That, that's how you get Danny Watkins. That's how you get Marcus Smith. When when you go in with a mindset of we're taking an offensive lineman, so you you don't care that twelve offensive linemen already went. You you take Danny Watkins, or you go in and say. We want a pass rusher, and you know, so you don't care that the good pass rushers went, and now, so you take Marcus Smith. That's 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 how you wind up in trouble. I think you, you have to just, you know, stick to your board, stick to, yeah, we we would love them, you know, a corner. But if the top four corners go, and you know, there's a great linebacker there, or there's a, you know, even you know, even though they signed Alshon Jeffrey and and uh, Tory Smith. You know, another wide receiver wouldn't hurt if if a John Ross or a, or a Mike Williams fell. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be a, 
I, I wouldn't criticize him for taking either one of those guys. You know, you have to take just take the, just take good players. Just take good players. Well, Mark, you led me right into where I wanted to go with this next question. Speaking of wide okay. receivers, as you mentioned, they okay. added Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. Well, it was two years ago this week that you joined us to preview the 2015 draft with that Chip Kelly in charge. And to your credit, you correctly predicted that the Eagles would select wide receiver Nelson Aguilar with the 20th overall pick. Now, please forgive me, Mark, but here is a 10-second soundbite of you telling us why Aguilar would be the great choice for the Birds at number 20. I love Aguilar. I'm a big Aguilar guy. I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be the second-best wide receiver in this draft behind Amari Cooper. I think he's going to be Jeremy Macklin, but maybe better, a little faster. Now, sorry, Mark, but my question is, what the heck happened with Aguilar? Is he, is he just not as good as most folks thought? Has he not worked as hard as necessary to succeed or what? No, he works hard. He, it's, it's not a lack of effort on his part. Um, I don't know. I wish I knew. I loved him then. I wasn't alone. I mean, obviously, the Eagles liked him too, and they took him, and a lot of other teams would have taken him. Um, I, don't, I, I mean, if I had an answer to that, I'd, I'd share it with Nelson and the Eagles and say, hey, this is what you got to do. <laughs> Um, I mean, he was a great player. That's why the draft's an exact science. I mean, it, guys oh, yeah. that play great in college don't always translate. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you now that I love Christian McCaffrey. You might play this tape in two years and say, and if, if McCaffrey's not any good, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you'll be retired. You won't care. Exactly. <laughs> I, I really don't care. That I don't like either. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 that, that's, I've been wrong. I've been wrong a few. I'm not, that's, that's not the only person I ever missed on. But um, I mean, he's he has. It's not like he's overmatched by me. He's he's fast enough. He's big enough. Um, I think it's mental, to be honest. And I, and I'm, I don't want to play psychiatrist here or psycholog, you know, psych, psychologist. But I, I, you know, he had his sorry his his rookie year. He started playing better, and then he got hurt. And I gave him that out. All right. You know, he hurt his ankle, came back. All right. And I really expected a lot last year. Because, like, again, rookies, and I've heard a lot of a lot of veteran wide receivers talk about this. Even Mike, Mike Quick has said, you know, rookie year, you're adjusting to a lot of things. Okay. And I'll give you all that. Some, and some guys, you know, every, everybody's not Odell Beckham where you, where you come in and, and, and become a star overnight. Second year, though, you've got to show me something. And Nelson didn't show me anything last year either. And he had the he had the unfortunate incident in the summertime last year, where and again he did nothing wrong, but he got accused of doing something wrong. Charges were never brought, but it stuck with him. I really and I, again I'm not trying to give him an out, but I think that played on his mind. I I, I don't think he handles getting booed very well or or, or getting criticized very well. Um, and that's something he has to get a little tougher with. He has to put that. I, I mean, I've told him one because I, I do like the kid. I don't. I, I like him more than most. Um, that he has to stop caring. He has to stop reading the papers or reading online or going on Twitter or wherever guys get their information from now. Because I, I said read the papers, but I don't think anybody reads papers. Um, you know, don't worry about what anybody else thinks. You just go out and you know. Because I think he does. I and, and I think. I think the best thing for Nelson Aguilar is to go somewhere else and start over again. And, he, and maybe he becomes a better player than he is here. Maybe not as good as I thought he was going to be ever, but I don't know. I, I don't see anything physically getting in the way of him becoming 
a better player. But I, there's something. There's obviously something wrong. Yeah. Hey, Mark. When when you get a guy like a, like a Danny Watkins or Marcus Smith, and and you miss it, number one, how how do you feel? Like how far does that set your organization back when you have these misses? I mean, it's just. First of all, you've got to pay them all that money, but then you've got a player who's not, not contributing. How, how long does it take you to recover from that? Well, it's a couple of years. I mean, it's what it does a lot of times, and in the case of the Eagles with those two, like, if Danny, Danny Watkins should still be, of, like, that was, what, 2010, 2011? Yep. 2011, right? What year was that? 2011. So he should be, like, right in the prime of his career now. He, he should be, if he was a, if he was a real first-round guard, he could have been like going to his going to the Pro Bowl last last year, being one of the you know top guards in the league, and the Eagles have a pretty good offense. Now, but because they don't have, because he failed, the Eagles had to go out. Now the Eagles fixed that, but they they fixed it by spending money on Brandon Brooks before him, Evan Mathis. Um, so you could fix your mistake by by spending it. You know, over you know, spending on a position that you missed on, but then that money, instead of instead of getting Brandon Brooks last year, who's a pretty good player, but if, but if Danny Watkins is what they thought he was, they don't have to spend on Brandon Brooks. That money could have gone to get a wide receiver or a right. corner or whatever else, you know, something else. And it's the same with, mm-hmm. with Marcus Smith. Mark, you know, people were talking about the Eagles taking a defensive end this year. Well, if they do, what does that tell you about Marcus Smith? It's bad enough that they had to sign. That they, that they, you know, when they when they lose Connor Barwin, that they go out and sign Chris Long, making Smith keeping Smith still as a number four. Think that, think about that. He was your number one pick just two years ago, and he's no better than your your number four defensive end right now. That's bad. So, what That's what it bad. does is you can correct that mistake, but then it it, it prevents you from helping yourself in other areas. Yep, I get it, and it hurts for a long time. Well, hey, Mark, yeah. you know, uh, we, you've done this before with us, and since this is going to be your last time, at least probably before retirement, we maybe won't can have you after retirement. Well, my last day is Sunday, uh, so unless you have me on by then. Yeah, it'll be oh, it's the last day is Sunday. Okay. I didn't <laughs> yeah. realize it was that quick. All right. Well, this hey, is it. we, this as is you it. know, Chet, Chet likes to do that fast five where basically yep. he has five simple questions. You give Love. five pretty short, simple answers. You up for the last one? I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I look forward to that. All right. Here we go. One more time. Fast five with Mark Eckel. Mark, you've covered the Eagles since 1985. Name three of your favorite birds to have watched play over the last 30-plus years. Just watch. That's what we're talking. Yeah, Just watch. watch and play? Randall Cunningham, yep. Ricky Waters, Carol Owens. Nice. Have you ever been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton? And if so, is it worth the trip? Yes, and if you haven't been, yes, go once. You don't have to go, but you don't have to go twice. All right. Now, Mark, you once famously told us that you'd be surprised if Chip Kelly didn't win a Super Bowl as Eagles head coach. Why did Chip ultimately fail as an NFL coach? Hmm. Um, lack of lack of um, support in one in some ways. Um, Wrong place, wrong time. In, in other ways, uh, didn't have a quarterback. Third, third way. <laughs> Number four. What is your favorite Buddy Ryan memory? 
Oh God, we know we could do a whole show. We could. Do, I know. Uh, I know you like Buddy. Favorite Buddy Ryan memory. Oh my God. Um. All right, just one. Driving before they play the Bears in the playoff game. Driving, taking the bus from the airport and sidetracking on the way to the hotel. Driving around Soldier Field with the lights on and the horns blaring because he didn't want the he didn't want the Bears to think they were going to sneak into town. He actually did that. He said he was going to do it, and he did it. And I, I said, coaches and players on the team to this day can't believe that they actually did that. <laughs> That's a good one. But and number five, Mark, you're, you're, you're sailing off into retirement very soon. What are you most looking forward to in moving down to South Carolina? The beach. I'm, I'm moving to Myrtle Beach, and I'll be living right on the beach. So I'm looking forward to waking up, looking out the window, seeing the Atlantic Ocean, and having my, my morning tea on my balcony, looking out over that, and an hour later laying on the beach, watching the scenery. Sounds good. Mark, you're a good man and seriously one of the best Fast Five contestants we've ever had. So thanks, my friend. You got the, that, that Chip Kelly one was tough. Yeah, I had to yeah. think about that. I, got, I don't know. I'm still not sure why you, why you failed, though. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Uh, well, hey, Mark, thanks for joining us. As always, it was great. And uh, enjoy your retirement. And uh, you always have an open uh, invitation to come back anytime you want to talk to us. And we're going we're gonna to keep in touch with you as well. All right, well, maybe something will happen big next year, and you guys give me – I'm, I'm going to have the same same number, so you guys can get a hold of me. All Thanks right. All right. right. I'll track you down. You, hey, Mark, you finish, up, you finish up as the champion, as the eight-time visitor, too. Oh, good. All right. There you go. Oh, that, that, For now, right. anyway. I'll make For a deal you. If someone catches up to me and gets to eight, then I'll come on to make it nine. How's that? There you go. Good deal. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Take care. Yeah, see you later. All yeah, right. That was awesome. the Rover House. I was just going to do that. You know, speaking of the Rover, if you like live music, Bill, and I know you do, the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, Bucks County, is the place to be this weekend. The STEM Live duo performs Friday night, and the band Rougarou takes the stage Saturday night. Before that, though, enjoy beer specials Thursday night for round one of the NFL draft. I've told you before, the Irish Rover has a terrific atmosphere, spacious dining area, daily food and drink specials, including beer specials for all Phillies games, and menu items from burgers and gourmet wings to filet mignon and hey mother's day is fast approaching so make your reservations now the irish rover station house on bellevue avenue in langhorn and on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com excellent excellent hey let's remind our listeners uh chet that the phone lines are open now uh for the next probably 20 25 minutes till we wrap this up give us a call tell us who you want the eagles to pick at number 14 our number is 929-477 2855. That's 929-477-2855. And Mr. Chesco, you're first up. I'm going to put you on the hot seat and you tell me with all the crazy stuff that's going on and, and as we just talked about, failed drug tests, uh, assaults, everything else. Who are you taking at number 14? Wow. Um, I'm going to take the best available player who doesn't have any character <laughs> issues. That's Something of a cop-out, but, I mean, there should still be enough guys to choose from. I mean, I know we lost maybe 10 or so in the last two weeks thanks to character issues or, you know, questionable behavior, but it is a pretty deep draft, so I'm going to take the best available player. I can't give you a specific name because at this point, I don't know what the heck's going to happen with the top 13. We don't know how many quarterbacks are going to be taken in the first 13 picks. It could be zero. It could be one. It could be two. It could be three. Um, we don't know if somebody's going to be, you know, gutsy enough to take a foster or one of the other guys who's had some issues 
ahead of the Eagles. So, boy, I don't know. But I'll tell you, if Derek Barnett's there, I would take him. If McCaffrey's there, I guess I would take him, even though I agree with Ray that he's probably not really worthy of a number 14 pick. Um, I'm going to take one of these guys who's clean and seems to be of good character. So there. How about you? Well, okay. Well, I'm not going to let you off the hook quite that easy. So, <laughs> okay. so you can't give a name. Give me a position. Give me a position. What's your target right this second? I would like I would like a cornerback, okay? So if there's one of the top cornerbacks there, that's who I would take. It's obviously not going to be Conley now. Um, there are questions about Lattimore and his health. So the best healthy cornerback and maybe it's that Tredavious White, I don't know. who, But I would go cornerback if, you know, all else failed. I like McCaffrey, but I don't think he's going to be there. I think somebody's going to take him before 14. But even if he were there, I don't know that I'm crazy enough about McCaffrey to take him at number 14. Well, I am going to tell you, Chet, I am that crazy about him. And here is why. Because I think, I think first of all, we don't have the running backs that we need on this roster right now. I'm not even sure who's going to be the starting running back on this team right now. Wendell Smallwood, it looks like. Well, and if that's where we are, I'm not, I'm not all fired up about that. Um, so, but I, I think, you know, the, I still stick to my you have to win championships on the defensive side of the ball. But I also think they need to – They've done a nice job with the wide receivers. I think they're okay on the O-line now. They're certainly okay at tight end. They don't have a running back. And I think in McCaffrey, what you get, and I don't think people are giving him enough credit as being a three-down back. I think he can catch the ball as well as anybody, and I think Pran told us that. Um, You know, we're assuming because he's a little small, but he's really not. He's at 5'11", I believe, 210, 205, 210 yeah. with lightning speed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say he can be a three-down back and he can get those 20 touches a game. And, you know, now you've got all your offensive weapons together. You're still building. We're not winning the Super Bowl in, in, in 2017. And then, you, and then you start building the defense. And to me, I look at it as, you know, this goes back, and, and the game has changed a little bit, but when you had Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irvin, and, and the tight ends of Novacek and those guys, you had all the pieces in place, and that's what I'm looking at uh, trying to get on that offensive side, then build the defense. Well, let me just say, I would not be upset if they took McCaffrey. I wouldn't be mad and, you know, boycott the Eagles or whatever. I, I'd be okay with it. And you mentioned wide receivers. I would also be okay if they took a Mike Williams if he were still there at 14 because, hey, you can't have too many good wide receivers. And as we know, Jeffrey and Torrey Smith are really under just one-year contracts, although the Eagles do have an option on Smith for years two and three. So, you know, if Williams is that guy who can go up and get it, I'd be okay with having him and Jeffrey on the roster at the same time. I'd be perfectly okay with that. Yeah, now Al and I would too. I think if they took, if they took a Mike Williams kind of player, I, I'm all right with that too. I think, I think, uh, you know, but I don't think I would. If McCaffrey is gone, I, I certainly agree with Mark. I don't think I'm taking Dalvin Cook in that spot anymore. You know, one thing we didn't get to talk about though with Mark was the fact that the NFL schedule came out last Thursday, 
And a week before the draft, everybody, you know, jumps on the schedule and does the win-loss prediction thing 10 minutes later for a season that won't start till September. And, you know, the draft hasn't happened yet. And one of the first things I saw was a prediction from Mark and Elliot at NJ.com. And if memory serves me correctly, Mark had the Eagles going 7-9 and nine this coming season. So that kind of bugs me that, you know, everybody's ready to do the one-loss thing, not really knowing who's going to be on the roster, just based on the schedule and, you know, which is week one and which is week 14 and all that. So I didn't do that. I'm not going to do it just yet. Yeah, well, I, I didn't either, and because you don't know, you know, you, you have no idea. I mean, you're talking about losing to teams or, or automatically beating teams because they've lost a couple guys in free agency and all that. So, I, yeah. I'm not ever big on that. But I, I was going to bring up again, going to get your thoughts on that. You know, they uh, they have a real rough road there uh, at Seattle, at the Rams, at the Giants. You know, three in a row is is not easy and I guess that's the week that they're going to stay out on the west coast and then you would think at least after you have to stay out there you come back and get a home game they turn around and have a day game on Sunday against the Giants in the Meadowlands and or, or MetLife whatever the heck they call it now uh, that's yeah. tough yeah it's not an easy schedule as you said a couple of west coast trips even though they do get to stay out there from one week to the next for you know two of the games um, the division games are always tough, the Giants and Cowboys and the Redskins maybe not so much as the last couple of years, except the fact that the Redskins always seem to give the Eagles fits, and that's who we play in week one. And then you have Oakland, which could be one of the best teams in the AFC before they move to Vegas, of course. Oakland coming in in uh, week 15 or 16 into the link. So not an easy schedule at all, and that, that's what I wrote. I, you know, I'm not doing the one-loss thing, but – it's going to be tough to improve on last year's seven and nine, just based on the schedule itself, as far as, you know, where you have to go. So they better not screw up this draft. They better get some guys who can step in and play right away. Well, and what do you think about five night games? Well, some people like the night games. I like more of a variety. I like, you know, a lot of one o'clock games that way I can watch them, watch a little of the post game show and still have the evening. But on the other hand, with the night games, you know, you kind of build up to it all day. You're thinking about it all day. Um, if it's a, you know, a Sunday night game, uh, you know, you have all day to think about it. You watch some of the other games. So that's a little much five, but Hey, it is what it is. And uh, you know, I'll be watching every minute of every game anyway. Well, and, and one final schedule question I have for you. The last two games of the year, are Christmas night and New Year's Eve day. How does that work into yeah. the – and that's a Monday and a Sunday. How does that work into the Chesco lifestyle? Christmas night is okay because, to be honest, you know, we do the family thing uh, for Christmas, Christmas morning at our house, then at my mother-in-law's for the afternoon with a bigger family version. But by 3 o'clock, we're all kind of tired of one another. So then it's, it's time to go home and get ready to watch some football. <laughs> So that's not a problem on Christmas. And then New Year's Eve, I mean, that that's going to be a real party. Of course, they played the Cowboys last year, I guess, on New Year's Day. This year it's New Year's Eve. And, boy, if that game means something to both teams, that will be one crazy atmosphere, the Eagles and Cowboys, on New Year's Eve Day. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Hey, uh, one other comment before we move on, because we want to talk a little bit of Phillies tonight, but, uh, what did you think of Mark's comment? I think he kind of he kind of stumbled on it. He said he did a little bit there 
Uh, talking about Chip Kelly, at wrong place, wrong time. I thought that was a uh, a very interesting observation. Yeah, it didn't sound like you wanted to criticize Chip too much. Um, and we love to criticize Chip now, lean back. But, yeah, that was interesting. And, you know, maybe there's something to that. But what he didn't mention, I think it was just maybe Chip's desire to have total control and not being willing to work with others. I think that was one of the things that did him in, you know, his quest for power and, you know, putting that above having guys that he could work with and help improve the overall team. I think that's one of the things that really did him in. Well, and and I do too. And uh, I was really surprised that, you know, Mark, like, like I say, the fast five kind of catches you a little bit off guard, but um, it surprised me that he didn't go there. And, uh, actually somewhat defended Chip. He did, yeah. He did. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to defend Chip at this point. That's for sure. <laughs> no, I didn't defend him when he was here, so it doesn't matter to me. Oh, oh I know hey, that. <laughs> hey, Chip, hey, Chip, we still haven't heard from Bob Kelly, but, or Bob Kelly, Bob Sullivan, but I know we have a lot of listeners that are local golfers, and we've got a great chance to golf and help a great cause. Where's Sullivan? Yeah. Uh, Hit the links is what we're talking about, Bill. Hit the links on Sunday, May 28th to help traumatic brain injury survivors from McGee Rehabilitation Hospital. The Golf 4 Jackie Tournament is located at Range End Golf Club in Dillsburg, PA. That's not too far from Harrisburg. Jackie, a TBI survivor himself, successfully rehabbed at McGee, just like Flyers great Brian Prop did. For registration, sponsorship, or silent auction information, contact McGee Rehab. The number is 215-587-3145, or you can email them at giving at org. All right, hey, Chet, let's talk a little fight and fills. They're getting some outstanding start bitching. They've won four of their last five before being off the last couple nights. And they swept the Braves. They're now 9-9. Nine and nine. You buying? Well, what's impressive to me, Bill, is the fact that they're at 500, even after having played 12 of their first 18 games against the cream of the NLE's crop, the Nats and Mets. Jeremy Hellickson's been great. Cesar Hernandez is looking like an all-star who wants to keep that second base job. And Aaron Altair is really taking advantage of his playing time with the injury to Howie Kendrick, and that's good to see. He's a player that I think is going to have a bright future here. Am I buying it, though? Still way too early to talk about a wild card run or whatever. Remember, Bill, they were 24-17 and a quarter into last season. That certainly didn't last. So let's be patient here, wait it out. But the good news is they've been in pretty much every game with one or two exceptions. So let's keep watching and see what happens. Well, and, you know, I'm with you, and I'm hoping uh, this bullpen can can get straight or stay straight or they, they sort it out because even with the nine losses they've had, they've lost how many? Four, probably in the eighth and ninth and tenth inning that they should have won. I mean, they, they should be a lot better than nine and nine. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely could have at least a couple of more wins. Um, that, that Sunday afternoon loss to Washington, um, I guess it was 10 days ago, that was a real crusher. Um, good to see them you know, recover from that, though, and then you know, take a couple out of three from the Mets, then sweep the Braves. So let, let's see what happens now with the Marlins in town the next two nights, or you know, tonight and tomorrow as we speak, and then uh, a little West Coast trip out to play the Dodgers. So that should be fun. Yep. Well, it, it's going to be fun. They, they're young guys, and they are playing well together. 
Um, you know, there, there seems to be a lot of excitement on the ball club. Guys are fighting for their jobs. And uh, as you said, Cesar Hernandez is not wanting to give his job up. And if you look down on the farm, J.P. Crawford doesn't seem to want to take anybody. So there's trouble. You know, I've said this all along. You can't give jobs away, especially in Major League Baseball, because each each level of baseball gets tougher and tougher, and there's no guarantees that you're getting past AAA to get to the show and stay in. Yeah. You got that right. And by the way, they're 9-9 nine and nine despite the fact that Tommy Joseph isn't really hitting yet. Saunders doesn't have a home run yet. Uh, Cameron Rupp doesn't look like the same guy who played so well last year. So, you know, you assume those guys are going to pick it up a little bit. So, uh, you know, maybe they are a 500 or better team. I don't know. So that's why we're just going to have to keep watching. Yeah, and, and to your point, I was going to mention that, you know, baseball as a whole. You know, usually you start out a little bit early. The pitching is a little slower getting going, and the hitting gets going as the as the guys come north and the pitchers catch up a little bit. We're seeing the opposite. Throughout Major League Baseball, the hitting is down, and the pitching seems to be better. Now, whether that's the fact that, you know, you now have five or six quality innings and then a seventh inning, two eighth innings, and a ninth inning guy, maybe that has something to do with it, but hitting is certainly down. Yeah, it is. Speaking of pitching, uh, good to see Aaron Nola with a couple of wins already. Now, unfortunately, he's on the DL, the 10-day DL. The good news is it's a a minor back issue, they say. It's not his elbow, so hopefully this will just be, you know, one or two missed starts and he'll be back in the rotation. Meantime, uh, Nick Pavetta up from AAA, who was, I think, 3-0 down there with like a 0.95 ERA or whatever, going to get a start this weekend, so we'll see what he has to offer, and then uh, hopefully Nola will get back. So, yeah, there is some pitching depth now the way it's looking, and you can never have too much pitching, as you know. That's for sure. Well, hey, Chet, it's week 10, the final week of random Q2 time. So explain again real fast to the listeners who missed the first night uh, that you're catching up, and I'm on the hot seat one more time. Yeah, Bill, uh, we might do it again in the future, but this is it for now. It has been a fun 10 weeks Random Q2, a nice and tidy two-minute segment, and it has me asking you two simple questions. The first question is about a timely sports topic, while the second question will be one of ten random questions that I wrote down two months ago about whatever. And the bad news, Bill, I totally forgot to write down a sports question this week. So let me ask you this off the top of my head. The NFL draft over the next three days, as you know, one round Thursday night, a couple of rounds on Friday, and then uh, the final four rounds on Saturday. How many hours of the draft will you actually sit down and watch live? Well, I'll I'll answer that in two ways uh, because this is a unique weekend for me. So I'll start out with this particular year. Uh, I have a family wedding on Friday and so mm. there's a rehearsal and all that on Thursday evening. So my time oh, no. is, is huh. not quite what it would normally be. Um, I'll be over at the beach. The wedding's on the beach. And there, there's just a lot of stuff going on, families in and, and all that. So I, I won't watch a whole heck of a lot of it. I'll, I'll certainly watch it as I can with one eye, you know. <laughs> but uh, not as much yeah. as always. As far as normal years, uh, I would watch pretty much as much as I could of the first round. Those those 15 minutes in between kind of kill me. But 
Uh, I try to watch as much of it as I can, and uh, and then the second and third day, you know, I catch catch the early stuff and then go do my stuff and come back and watch. So I do watch a good bit of it uh, normally, but it'd be a little different this year. I hear you. Now, for your second question this week, Bill, pick a number that comes right smack in the middle of three and five. Well, I guess I will go with <laughs> Barry Ashby's number four. And that's because that's the only number that we have left. You've successfully done the first nine out of ten, and now we're back at number four. And that question is, name a TV show from the last 10 or 15 years that was wildly popular but that you never got around to watching or never really got. Um, well, I can give you an even better one. It's been around for about 30 years. And I don't know that I've ever watched one complete show of it. And that is Saturday Night Live. Can't stand it. Wow. <laughs> we are so different. Never. I, I tape that every week and watch it on Sunday. I love it. Never. Oh. Never. I'm so disappointed I don't in think you, Bill. I have ever watched a full show of it. <laughs> okay. Now, see, for me, it's I have like I watch a lot of TV, but I never got around to watching Game of Thrones. I wanted to watch The Wire on HBO, but I never did, even though everybody told me it was great. And, boy, so many other ones. Uh, Downton Abbey, I tried one episode, didn't like it. And and I don't have HBO either, so how's that? Okay. Yeah, you're not as big a TV guy as me. But, anyway, we learned a lot about you over the last ten weeks playing the Random Q2, so I hope it was fun for you, and maybe we'll do it again next winter. Well, yeah, and you know what? Maybe what we'll do is we'll flip the tables, maybe, and then we'll find out that you actually went to a Michael Bolton concert. <laughs> you know, I did. Sorry, I, I, I posted that Sorry, about the concert game. Yeah, Michael Bolton and Kenny G together, believe it or not, in the summer of 1990, the things you do for love. And, you know, I was dating somebody, and she was a fan. So, yes, we saw Kenny G and Michael Bolton on the same stage. Well, I know that you can't see me on radio, but I am just shaking my head. (laughs) Understood. (laughs) Let's move on. All right. All right. Let's move on. Hey, we had some technical issues with our new website, phillypressboxradio.com. I think we've resolved them. So go over there. Check it out. We want to say thank you to each and every one of you that has gone over and checked the sites out. It's we want to thank our sponsor, Irish Rover Station House, Lou Road Taylor and Heather, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com. Just go to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, and click on each of their displays to transfer to their website. Yeah, I can't add much more to that, Bill, but please keep checking it out for daily updates, the Philly scoreboard, etc. And you just know there will be plenty written about the draft over the next few days, and we'll have you covered right there on phillypressboxradio.com. Hey Chad, I wanted to sneak in uh, two more comments, two more thoughts if we can get them in here. Uh, what'd you think about the house cleaning over there at the mothership? ESPN let go of all kinds of people, including our buddy Jason Stark got uh, got whacked over there today. Yeah, he and Trent Dilfer, Ed Werder, Len Elmore, and a whole bunch of other you know pretty famous people who we know from seeing them on air. We had Jason, of course, on the show last month. A great guy, great writer. Um, a lot of other behind-the-scenes people. It's just a sign of the times that, you know, people aren't watching sports in the way that they did when ESPN first came on the scene back in the early 80s um, because now there are just so many other options. You can get all the news right on your smartphone. 
And so you don't need, you know, a couple of hundred faces on TV to tell you what's going on. You could, you know, click a button on your phone and get all that info. So you just had to make cutbacks. I feel sorry for the guys, though, like, you know, Jason and all these other guys who I'm sure are good guys, hardworking journalists. But it's just the way it is. I know some people say ESPN isn't what it used to be as far as the talent and that it sucks. But still, I feel for the people because, uh, you know, like I said, they're hardworking media guys, and uh, now they're out of work. Yeah, and some of those guys, 17, 18, 20 years, uh, been there a long time. Len Elmore's been doing basketball for that for, gee whiz, seems like forever. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of them will land on their feet at other, other spots. Yeah, and Ashley Fox, isn't she a um, ex-Philly uh, writer? I believe that is the case. Yeah, I think she was with the Philly Inquirer back in the day. Yeah, she, but I think she uh, had a different last name. It was before she was married. But she got, she got yep. cut loose also after uh, six-plus years. Yeah, hey, it's sad to out. see. And, uh, you know, I, I, wish them all, I wish them all well. Absolutely. Hey, one other topic I want to throw out there. The craziness that is the, the NFL draft in Philadelphia, on the streets of Philadelphia, as they say. Uh, what do you make of all of it? Are you, are you that excited that it's in town, and would you go if somebody offered you up a free ticket? Uh, well, matter of fact, my buddy Denny and I are going to head down there on Friday. You don't need a ticket for most of it. You only really need a ticket for, you know, the seats right in front of where it all happens. But you can wander around, check out, you know, as much as you can uh, with the NFL experience. Uh, they have, you know, little forums and panel discussions at Sugar House Casino and elsewhere as well. So we're going to head down Friday afternoon, and they have a free shuttle from there to the actual, you know, parkway area where it all happens, the draft experience. So we'll see what it's all about. I know it's going to be crazy. I know it's going to be wall-to-wall people. But, hey, you don't know if it's ever going to be back in Philly in my lifetime. So I figure, what the heck, I will check it out on day two and hope that I survive. All right. Sounds like fun. Sounds (laughs) like fun. Hey, surprise me, sir. Who do we have for uh, next week's show? Because I think you probably have somebody lined up, and I don't even know who it is. Yeah, I didn't tell you in advance, and uh, we have a first-timer with us next week, Bill. He's a great sports reporter with the Delaware County Daily Times who can talk expertly about the entire Philly sports scene and beyond and will absolutely give us his take on the Eagles draft, the state of the Phillies, and whatever else we throw at him. His name is Jack McCaffrey, no relation to Christian. They actually spell a little different. Jack McCaffrey, and he'll be with us next Wednesday. But that is not all, Bill. The NBA draft lottery is fast approaching, coming up in mid-May. So we're going to have a little pre-taped interview for the show with LibertyBallers.com's Jake Pavorsky back with us. So that should be another fun show here on the Philly Press Box Roundtable. Wow, and I'll tell you what. I, Jack McCaffrey is actually one of my very favorite uh, favorite writers. I, I read him mm-hmm. just about every day. And, you know, he is the yep. brother of Fran McCaffrey, the basketball coach. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I forgot yep. that. So, uh, and, you and correct. Former, He's a... former Penn Quaker as well. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and a good guy with a good very sense good. of humor, too. So we're looking forward to that. Yep. Yep, can't wait. All right, Mr. Chesco, parting shot for you, sir, because I don't have one. As you know, I've been traveling all day again. and we. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You may have forgotten this, Bill, but this is our, it's our anniversary. Can you believe it? We have been doing our weekly show a full three years, 
Our first Philly Press Talks Radio Roundtable was actually April 30th, 2014, and we've done more than 130 shows since then. We've been fortunate enough to have lots of Philly area media folks as guests, many of them making multiple appearances. Ray Didinger, Mark Eckel, Kevin Cooney, Frank Fitzpatrick, Brandon Lee Gowton, Mike Kern, Bill Meltzer, Mike Sealski, Tom Moore, etc. We've had several great broadcasters, too, like Tom McCarthy, Tom McGinnis, Dee Lynham, Leslie Goodell, Chris Wheeler, and the great Merrill Reese on the program. Eagles video content manager and draft expert Fran Duffy, of course, one of our favorites, too. Getting to chat with former coach Dick Vermeil last December, that was pretty awesome as well. And we've been very fortunate to have been joined by a slew of former Philly pro athletes, including ex-Eagles Fred Barnett, Bill Berge, Barrett Brooks, Bill Bradley, Gary Cobb, Ken Dunnick, Denny Frank, Seth Joyner, Vince Papali, Mike Reichenbach, and Kevin Riley, of course, along with former Phils Larry Christensen and Glenn Wilson, Overbrook High Hoops legend Andre McCarter and a couple ex-Flyers, Brian Propp and Bob Hound Kelly, plus Roller Derby Hall of Famer Judy Arnold and even five-time wing bowl champion Bill Simmons, El Wingador. The former athletes are always ready to share some great stories. That's why we love having them. And that is just a sampling of the 55 or so different guests who have joined us. We start our fourth year next week, and we promise you there is plenty more great Philly sports chatter still to come, so stick around. And I will toss out there, very good, by the way, I will toss out there one other name that we need to say happy anniversary to, and that would be that Kevin McClure, who was our very first guest April 30th, the sports 2014. Junkie. Yep. The sports junkie, and he's still going at it. And Kevin listens to our show every week, and uh, we certainly appreciate him. He he helped us get this thing all kicked off. Uh, who, who knew it was three years ago because I actually had – did not realize it was uh, – I guess this was an anniversary I can forget. If I miss any other ones, I'm in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Happy three years to us. <laughs> All right. Very good. Okay, Jay, hey, we are at the end of our hour already, and let's, so let's thank our special guest, Mark Eckel, Irish Rover Station House, Lulu Road Taylor, and Heather and Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAid.com for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chetesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, May the 3rd already. Back at our normal 7 p.m. start when Jack McCaffrey and who? Jake Pavorsky. Jake Pavorsky. You can listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, our Facebook page, or on the Internet at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Radio or on iTunes, Stitcher, and now tune in. Hi, Oaks, Philadelphia sports fans. And because it's draft time. E-A-T-L-E-S-E-O! <laughs>